0: Joe, why can't you trust Adams? Why? Uh, They make everything up. Or they make up everything.
1: There you go. Do that better? There you go. Testing,
0: one, two. All right, let's try this. Joe, what did one plate say to the other plate? What did one plate say to the other plate? Dinner's on me. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh... Hello, everybody. Welcome to Carnivore Personnel Podcast Download. Uh, I'm Jacques, and I'm going to kill
1: Jacques if he keeps <laughs> extending the name of this. Sc- just say Carnival Personnel. Come on, just play the game.
0: <laughs> you and know, the- I-, I will do that. I will make an effort, Joe. If you make an effort to remind me of our anniversary more than five minutes before we go on the air,
1: <laughs> I thought it was built into your calendar. I'm sorry.
0: No, because I always equate Memorial Day with the H tournament that we play in, in Scottsdale, uh, Arizona, which this is the first time in eight years um, John's not making the trip. I, I think probably over a period of time between Biff and I and different teams we were on, we've probably been – or Biff's probably been 18, 17, 18 times in the last 20 years. but And John's probably been 12 times in 15 years. But anyways, so that's why I always associate Memorial Day with that. I should now associate Memorial Day with our anniversary of kicking off the podcast, which has collectively to date solved all the world's problems. But
1: caused twice as many more. So <laughs> meh, two steps forward once, no wait. The other No, it's got to be your bull. <laughs> you know, like, wait,
0: I could stick my head up the butcher's ass. Um, no, like I said, you know, that, that equates to somebody we've mentioned once or twice on this podcast who wants credit for putting out the fire that they just started. Like, you know, Joe's yelling at me because I lit his couch on fire and I'm pissed at Joe for not thanking me for putting the fire out. So.
1: Yeah, that's how the world works. And that's how we work here on Carnival Personnel.
0: Jacques, what's what's new with you? What's new with me is the passing, as we've talked uh, last week, because just before we went on last week, we found out that Fred Willard has passed. And Joe and I decided last week we definitely need to do a Fred Willard sideshow. And I know a lot of his catalog. Joe knows an extensive amount of his catalog. But we decided, you know what? We should really – Put some uh, ducks in a row. This man deserves a well-researched, well-thought-out sideshow, which will drop this Thursday. And, Joe, I believe I will speak for both of us. We have collectively enjoyed the rabbit hole that we've fallen down into that is Fred Willard. I'm not sure I'm out of
1: it yet. I don't think I want to go back. I don't want to go back to a non-Fred Willard world. Do you know what I mean? 2020 is bad enough. Fred Willard being gone. Uh, I don't want to live anymore. Uh, I, I think I think Fred Willard's in a better place, and I and I think I want to be there.
0: I, I seriously have enjoyed. I'm finding these gems that I might have remembered from my childhood or from my past, and I, and I, I look him up and I see another clip that takes me to that clip. And I'm like, oh my god, I gotta send this to Joe, and Joe's like, oh man, that's great. But now you have to check out these three clips. And at one point, Joe's like, oh, no, I'm sorry to send you so much stuff because like uh, the the history of being white in America is like a 45-minute program. And I'm like, why are you apologizing for handing me a winning lottery ticket?
1: (laughs) The the only thing I didn't tell you is that there's a volume two. That's an hour and 45 minutes.
0: And – like like I you know the way things are going on the home front is most likely I'm going to be spending a good deal of this weekend in my cave and uh hmm. and I'm happy for it. Like like I I don't have the big screen TV or my PS4 and my little hovel but you know what I think me and Fred Willard will get along just fine.
1: <laughs> I was telling you right before we logged on here that I was enjoying a binge watch of I think every Fred Willard sketch appearance on Jimmy Kimmel because his YouTube channel has a playlist dedicated to Fred Willard. And even if the clips are long, you just have to fast forward to about three and a half minutes before the end of the clip because that's all they really need for Fred Willard to be awesome. I mean, those are really short stints that he's done. But they were fantastic, and you don't need a lot of Fred Willard. He packs in the punch, and kudos to the writers too. But let's not get into the Fred Willard rabbit hole here.
0: No, no, because uh, you know we we have what may be part one of a two part sideshow of Fred Willard coming up. Um, so no, so so Thursday, I, I I you know I I I've loved these sideshows we've been doing lately. I really have because it's giving me an excuse to go back and re to you know the button-down mind i'm sorry the the greatest new comic since attila the Hun, the button-down mind of bob uh, newhart um no it's been fun but this fred willard hole that we've both been falling into i'm excited to record that podcast so let's get this crap out of the way um Something I forgot to put on the rundown that you just reminded me that it's 2020. Uh, we talked about it a little bit this week, Joe and I did. There's this, there's a new thing going around the interweb. These two-panel memes called "My Plans" and then 2020. Yep. And you know, one of the ones that was great is the the now infamous clip of the picture of Marshawn Lynch. Um, no, no. Uh, oh, who was the cornerback for Seattle? Oh, oh, real obnoxious guy. Yeah, I forget him but he's he's mugging for the camera you know moments before the end of the super bowl and it's like my plans and then you know the second panel is just the screen grab of the moment that you know malcolm butler comes down with the ball the one that i honestly just just i had to sit down because it literally took the wind out of my sails uh it's a picture of jason todd early on the the 13, maybe 14 year old Jason Todd, all in his happiest phase of just becoming Robin. And then the 2020 picture was just a picture of a crowbar. (laughs) Mm. I I saw the same thing with Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, did you really? It just, it just, wasn't it a a crowbar they got her with, or was it just a billy club?
1: Oh, it could have been a billy club. You know what? I stand corrected.
0: You know, at least I'm standing. <laughs> you are uh, you you are not a good person. <laughs> um I've seen a bunch of other ones and they, and they're they're pretty fun.
1: I know. Yeah. The the internet is keeping us well entertained in this crisis that we're going in or coming out of. I uh I am su- not surprised to see as I'm going out and doing more things, uh other people are also going out and doing more things, especially now that we have the warmer weather up here in the, in Boston. The
0: yeah, it seems like uh, COVID. What, huh? Yeah, our state is still is slowly reopening, and I do. I mean, look, I, I I'm not a huge uh, you know. I don't dislike our governor, even though he's Republican. I mean, I I I truly think he might be the last holdout of a fiscally conservative guy who is not completely empathetic, or maybe he's that good of a politician where he realizes, huh? The biggest city is Boston has a Democrat mayor and always will, and our two state senators are both Democrats, so I should not, you know, I, I, I should do things that work for both sides. Anyways. Anyways, the point is we're opening up slowly. I live right on the New Hampshire border, and it's unbelievable there's a little bridge that goes from Kingsborough, Mass into Nashua that we have to cross over to get to the absolutely empty field and track and basketball court we go to every day. And every single day, it's almost been a doubling effect of how long it takes to get over that tiny bridge. I, I mean, two weeks ago, you might have had two cars per light cycle, like, backed up when you get to a red light. And now you may be the 50th car, you know, waiting to get through that one light to go over the little bridge.
1: Yeah, you got cabin fever plus New Hampshire's weather open. plus New Hampshire's open equals party time pa- in the USA. Pa-
0: Karen can go to New Hampshire and get a haircut.
1: Yep. Well, you know, in Massachusetts, uh, Karen will also be able to get her haircut in about a week.
0: So, yeah. I I, I will say, you know, my parents who, as we talked about, you know, are brainwashed, you know, know, late 70s, early 80s people. At least they've taken it serious and they're still taking it serious where my mom told me the other day her hairdresser called her and said, hey, I can take appointments now. My mom's like, I'm going to wait a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I, I know I can go in next week, but, you know, if it's another week or two weeks, she'll be okay waiting to get her hair cut. So, you know, uh, that's something else I was going to put on. You know, we'll get into that later. The 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 give me liberty or, give, you know, you know give me give me a mask or give or no. The opposite of that. Give me liberty or
1: well, give me a I'd haircut rather,
0: or give me death. Well, the mask thing, the people having meltdowns because lots of stores are like, OK, we're open. But you have to wear a mask in the store, and there's some people who just are literally losing some shit. But first, I want to talk about some other stuff first, um, the good stuff. I'm very excited. I, I don't know how many people will log on. It, it, it's a possible 10 people. But I have a Zoom call tonight with my old neighborhood folks um, – the Carter Lane group. I grew up in Wilmington. Uh, not to brag, uh, a little street called Carter Lane, and there was four houses, and between the four houses, there was ten kids, and eight of the ten kids, you know, were all married, have kids. Like the last of the last of the unmarried ones, you know, got married a few years ago. And like nine of the ten kids, and all four of the living moms, you know, all four of the moms were there. There's only, you know, there's only one dad of the four that's still with us, and. And I just remember, like, pointing out, you know, we were all gathered together, and I pointed. I'm like, uh, John's sitting over there thinking, those lucky bastards. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but, but we're going to have a Zoom call. Uh, friend of the podcast, you know, Mike is going to be, you know, one of, one of them. So that, that's my big evening. What is your big evening after we record these two podcasts?
1: Probably more Fred Willard clips. But um, let's, not, let's not think about the future. Let's think about the past. The, the distant past. The 1980s Boston past.
0: So I don't – you will have to tell me where you found it. But thank God you did. I instantly forwarded to our friend Blind Squirrel Paul. From F and H, who's a few years older than me. So I started hanging out in Kenmore Square and in, in like 9091 when Dan and I and our band started playing. You know, we played the rap, which you saw, you know, in that little clip. That was one of my favorite places to play. You know, don't look for it. It's not there anymore. Um, the line from Spinal Tap that applies to my life now. Uh, but yeah, do how did you find it and please elaborate? So I listened to a
1: podcast called TV Guidance Counselor. It's really just one guy who is a comedian out of Boston. His name is Ken Reed. And he is about my age. And he grew up just loving television. He grew up you know, in the Boston area. And um, he shared that video of We Don't Knock, which is a WSBK TV38 production. From 1985 to 1987, it's, it starred Dana Hersey. It was essentially like the precursor to in David Tell's Insomniac series, if you remember that, from the Comedy Central yes. days. And I don't know how—they must have gotten some clearance from these establishments, but the point of the show, it was kind of a hybrid. It was part sketch show and part uh, guerrilla warfare— reality-type show where they take a camera crew into crawls and, and different hot spots of the Boston scene in the 80s with Dana Hersey on the mic and just, you know, usually at night, and they just go in and interview people like right off the bat, like right off the old bean he's coming up with questions. And, you know, this is the same, like, you know, guy who hosted the movie Loft lot. Tonight on TV 38.
0: Well, that's okay. who I know. So Dana Hersey... Uh, For my recollection, I always, you know, he was a staple in Boston, you know, but a very dignified, you know, um, Cosby from the Cosby Show sweater collection showing Casablanca and telling little, you know, Hollywood snippet stories coming in and out of the commercials, but a very buttoned down, very straightforward, almost, you know, I mean, you know, I don't want to say conservative, but you know, definitely. You oh, know, he's a conservative. I've, I mean, no, 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 no. But I mean, like, like his approach. You know, I mean, he'd be like, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish of uh, of hosts. You know what I mean? Just, just right down the middle. Um, but in, in this clip, I mean, he is definitely, you know, out. You know, he's the man about town and hitting on women and just, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, a little more.
1: He's he's a lot looser. It's kind of like seeing Alex Trebek host classic concentration in the 80s and hitting on the female contestants and wearing Hawaiian shirts. It's like seeing your teacher out of school. Like, hey, you're, you know, Mr. Hersey. Why are you groping that poor woman? And why are you eating ribs off of that woman's plate? Which had to be
0: staged. That had to be staged. But I mean, it was... But he goes into the—I mean, the whole thing, you know, it's like, no, you can't go down there. Was it Rick James who was allegedly down there? Yeah, the
1: bouncer stops him at the door. No, I'm sorry. You can't get in there. I'm sorry. Who's down there? Rick James? No, no, no. Uh, I just want to say hello real quick, real quick. Uh, Dana Hersey. My, uh, the the other thing I want to say about this guy who I follow on uh, this podcast, Ken Reed, he has a story about how I guess Dana Hersey would legendarily get drunk and just out of the blue— at you know any sort of bar in Boston he would just walk in half cocked and say, I'm Dana Hersey. Who wants to fight? <laughs> and pick fight. And like he seems I guess maybe that's the real Dana Hersey. Maybe see, the see, guy who sits clip? there. Maybe the guy who sits there saying it and now tonight on the movie loft. Casablanca. No, you're not you're not the real Dana
0: Hersey. This, uh, and I loved it. And you know there's no Wikipedia page for it. It's just there's a mention. There's a mention of it. How in the eighties, you know. But at at the same time, I mean, this is when UAF channels were a. Which this is pre. You know, this is pre. Um, you know, specialty channels on cable. Like cable was MTV. HBO and C-SPAN like that. that's what cable is you had your, your basic networks and then you had a few extra movie channels that was a big thing about cable back then um, so the UHF channels as you know from the Weird Al movie what was the name of that Weird Al movie about the UHF channel? I don't know it had three letters <laughs> or something in there but go on uh, so you had V66 and I don't know if you even remember V66 I do it lasted two years three years like 86 it
1: a, to 88
0: or something? Right. It was an MTV and there was other MTV stations like local MTV stations with the local BCN jocks where, you know, also the V66 jocks and TV 38 was trying to do their own shows. And the sketches actually weren't bad. There was a dick the, joke in the first sketch, like right off uh, the bat. Right, the old bean. Yeah, the the whole woman uh, asking questions of Reagan at the State House.
1: Yeah, doing the old interspersal of, of actual footage of Reagan giving a speech and then interjecting her ribald questions, which were pretty funny actually. Like the the, the skits kind of landed. The they were skits okay. were good.
0: Yeah, I mean, better you know, than formal edition. No, but you know, you know, may, maybe the formal edition before I came on board, but after that, it was pure gold. Um. So, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, what I did like, so like I said, Ruger's a couple years older than me and I'm like, oh my God, because he, so if I graduated high school in 85, 87, in 85, he was probably halfway through his career at Northeastern University. So, I mean, and you know, so he was, I mean, yeah, so, so I got to follow up with that. Um, other big news in entertainment, it, there has for the past few years, been rumored that there's a Schneider cut of Justice League. And I won't get too much into Justice League. I know Joe doesn't like the DC movies that much. Um Zack Snyder is one of the best directors, period. The end. I mean, he is phenomenal. And as we talked before, this Justice League movie was supposed to be part of a trilogy. There was supposed to be the Justice League movie, there was supposed to be a standalone Batman movie. And possibly a second Man of Steel. And Man of Steel is considered a great movie, not a great DC movie. About 75% through the filming of his original movie, Zack Snyder's daughter passed away. And that's why he left the project. Like people who don't know, like, oh, he got fired off that and they brought in, oh, the other huge guys. There's like three or four huge guys and I'm blanking on his name. I see him. He's done a bunch of Marvel movies. He's done. It, it's, it's not Abrams. It's not Gunn. It's not Snyder. It's the other one who, who created um Firefly. Oh, Joss Whedon. Josh Wheaton, thank you. So Josh Wheaton came in. We shot a lot of it and did it. At the same time, because they were on pause for a couple months, You know, Henry Cavill, his time ran over and he had to go on to do the Mission Impossible movie. But he would go back and forth on off Mission Impossible days. But he had in his Mission Impossible contract that he couldn't shave his mustache. So they had to try to make up – so there's some shots of Superman – that they have to make up over a thick 70s porn star mustache. He pulled a Cesar Romero? He had to. He actually had to. They like couldn't CGI that shit out? Well, yes, but it doesn't come out. It doesn't. It's, yeah. it, it, well, the thing is, I'm going to say 95% of people would not have noticed, but the 5% of people made sure the 95% of people who didn't know, no. And now you look for it. It's like, oh, right. And then you're not watching the movie. You're watching to see if you can see this mustache. <laughs> Anyways, so there was a rumor that's next, uh, that Sack Snyder had a five hour cut. Of the movie, like uh, j- just not, not a cut of the movie, but just an assembly thing that, that you're going to whittle down from that he turned in. He would never publicly say it. The studio would never say it, but the fans have not relented. And he has never seen the final cut of the theatrical Justice League. You know, and, and whether it's too painful because of the the loss of his daughter and his wife is his production partner, like she's a producer and he's a director, and they they're great. Um, and maybe it was just too painful, but finally it was it was announced just in you know yesterday, I believe, um, that yes, that cut exists, and not only is it going to be released, they're now debating whether to release like a three and a half hour movie on HBO. Or is there enough for a six-episode miniseries? Can you cut it down? Mm. And and what's interesting is like Snack Style's wife has said, it's like, well, this is the perfect time, you know. It's none of the a lot of the CGI isn't there, and all these houses aren't working because there's no production. So they made a deal to get like I think HBO is putting thirty million dollars into finishing it, and it and it times out perfectly because these post houses. Don't have much going on right now and they're not going to because, you know, I'm telling you now it's like there was two small movies I was supposed to be doing now in North Carolina, like tiny, you know, uh, lifetime movies. And that's all – we don't know when it's going to start. And now between the the director that I'm working with and the financing people, they're going state by state. It's like, OK, well, Georgia just released their guidelines and Oklahoma released their guidelines. And it's like trying to figure out like how they can shoot these things and which places are going to be more uh, – Well, the cost prohibitive. If you're talking, you know, $400,000 movie and now you have to have X amount of doctors on set. You have to have this. You have to have all these. Right. Like you're talking. We're in the weeds. Okay, Yeah. Sorry. So either way, uh, the sex, the snack, uh, snack,
1: snack mm, snack cider, I'm going to kill you. You know what I like? Schneider's pretzels. Uh, There
0: is a Schneider's pretzels, right? But the Justice League. and, And again, it's like I've heard. Snyder in interviews before say yeah people are upset that well what about this and what about that it's like that was the setup for the next movie it's like yes we left that wasn't we didn't forget about that like like in the uh, Batman vs Superman you see Lex Luthor the very the cut scene after you see Lex Luthor who somehow got out of jail and he's on a yacht somewhere and Deathstroke and him have a little conversation a 30 second conversation about teaming up That was supposed to be the setup for the next uh, Batman standalone Ben Affleck movie where he was going to fight Deathstroke. Um, So so I'm really, really excited that next year we're going to have the new Batman movie with – The Batman with Robert Pattinson. You know, which worst vampire ever – Took him 17 years to turn into a bat <laughs> from – and it was shut up, Jock. Um, <laughs> and you're going to have Ben Affleck back on the little screen but in a big screen role um, with the release of either a six-episode miniseries or a possible three-and-a-half to four-hour movie of Snyder's Justice League.
1: I think the fans would probably want to see the Snyder cut basically what they've been demanding they although the miniseries sounds great i think they'd like to see a cohesive what Zack snyder was planning on putting out all along kind of movie and this is actually going to be released on hbo max the new streaming service that's going to be i think starting the end of this month or early next month so this is sort of like i guess because it's coming out a year from now it's not exactly like the killer app if you will of getting people to log on to the service right away but it's definitely uh, a big get and a big hook to get people to go oh fine another fucking 20 bucks a month or whatever it's going to be i'll do it i just want to see the snyder cut let's 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 get this yeah, done I-
0: I'll, I'll do it for a month i definitely will do it for a month when that comes out and you know it is it, a lot of the reason that movie gets panned is people thought that snyder got fired off it you know because the rumor mill it's like oh well he got you know, pushed out and Josh Wheaton had to come in and save it. it's like, you know, his infant daughter passed away and him and his wife decided, you know what, we need to step back from making this little movie. And
1: uh, maybe focus on the family, right? Yeah, like maybe, yeah, get our heads straight. You know, people can be cruel sometimes. I don't know if you know this, but there are bullies out there on the Internet. (laughs)
0: Um, Speaking of fine people, are you up to speed on... The Lori Laughlin rut row situation. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I understood, as I understand it, they finally, after what, 18 months or however long it's been, like a year of getting lawyers involved and appealing or whatever and this and that, the other thing, finally, 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 the Laughlins have decided, or Lori Laughlin and her husband, uh, Mosimo, have decided
0: to plead guilty. Yep, we did it. Yeah. The, the other day they got denied an appeal to drop the charges based on whatever. And the judge said no. And that's when they realized, oh, because they're the face of it. You know what I mean? And they held out. Everybody else has either pled at, at you know, pled out at this point. Most of the people have pled out and served their months yeah. or a few weeks. And it's one of those things. It's like, you know, like Taylor always says, admit guilt, apologize. Keep the money. And and the people who right away said, oh, my God, yep, we fucked up. We're sorry. Okay, here's your really big fine and probation. And the people who said, I'm going to fight this. And then a little time in said, yeah, I don't want to fight this. I'm going to plead. Got a week. Got a month sentence and got out in a week type thing. You know, I don't think anybody did more than a month. But where they, like you said, they've they've been fighting this for about two years now. Do you think that lo- team
1: works on contingency? Do you think that legal team is going to say, you know what, uh, we tried, but uh, we didn't pull in didn't pull through
0: for you, so it's on us pro bono. <laughs> yep, I'm I'm quite sure that's how that worked out. And so, but at the same time, the whole thing is okay. Well, they're releasing people from jail, you know. Like um like Paul Manafort, man of Manafort. Um, man of
1: fort, man of you know, fort
0: I, I love that it's like you know it's time to open the economy, you know I, you know it's like covert is serious, all these things, you know we got to get him out of jail, but it's a hoax, and it's not really happening. let's open the states, so okay, so it's not a bad thing, what might be
1: right for you may not be right for some,
0: <laughs> so did they they also it's like, oh, are they pleading now because? A judge is going to send him to six months in jail uh, and not actually send him because they're sending it? Or does the judge say, you know what? I'm giving you four months and you're going to start in a year from now. So, so you got a year and then we're going to – that happens all the time. Like people yeah. you know, are given time to get hey, affairs. And-
1: people are given time and then are freed from jail like uh, Mike Flynn, like, you know, all these other uh, people. But it, I guess those are higher up rog- people. Roger Stone. Roger Stone, right. But you've got to know people, and the Laughlins aren't that connected. But we'll see. So it looks like Lori Laughlin's getting, what, two months, and then, like, uh, 50 hours or 100 hours of community service, and the husband is getting six months or something like that, or four months, basically double or a little over double what Lori Laughlin is supposed to be serving. And, uh, yeah, w- well worth it. Wasn't all worth it. And the best part is their
0: daughters didn't want to go to school. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck?
1: Oh, well. Hey, you know what? Uh, just add that to the chapter of History of White People in America.
0: <laughs> what have we Oh, um, uh, boy. You know? you know? So, you know, Joe, if you were worried during COVID and and the people who are now unemployed and the people who are losing their business, I want you to stop worrying about the super wealthy and the big companies, because it turns out Amazon is up about 300% the same quarter as they were last year, and that Walmart is up, and that uh, the super-rich are are getting richer. So, Joe, I, I know you've been worried about them. You can breathe easy. Jeff Bezos is still the richest man in the world.
1: Well, luckily, I can breathe easy. Some people out there, not
0: so much. You know, that's because they're forced to wear a mask because the man is stomping on their freedoms, Joe.
1: Yep. Quite the system we have here. And it's completely sustainable. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to be the smallest, most inefficient Chinese made cog (laughs) in the grand machine that is American capitalism. Holy fuck. Oh, well, you know what? Hey, I still have a job. And um, I don't I, you know. I can't complain. But I do sometimes. I
0: but but, you know, the people who are complaining about truly wearing a mask to go into a store and, and and you keep seeing it's like every time I go to Twitter, here's a new clip of somebody who, you know, looks like me or looks like your wife. You know what I mean? Just average middle aged white Americans losing their absolute shit, just like. Absolute colossal because of the indignity. It's like, okay, so you want to march around because it's your Second Amendment right to walk around in a subway with your RPG rocket launchers and your, you know, AK 47s. That's cool. But because you're being told, hey, we're kind of worried about a second wave of this disease that's killed close to 100,000 people, could you wear a mask for the 10 minutes you're in Best Buy <laughs> somehow? Somehow, that tyranny needs to come to an
1: end! You know what's funny about people who preach, I don't want to be told what to do by my government because it's my constitutional right. Just think about the logic of that. Why is the Constitution there? And why are those rights your rights? If they're in the Constitution, who put them there in the Constitution? The government! So the government is telling you you can carry guns. So that same government is telling you, hey, you got to wear a mask for about, oh, I don't know, a while. So how come when the government tells you, yeah, you also have the freedom to carry guns and to assemble peacefully or not peacefully. You can now assemble with guns, apparently, in some states. Uh, so, you know, the, the, lo- the logic is – like, oh, I, there I go again with the word logic. There is no logic. It's all gut feeling. It's all what I want right very now.
0: Well, the other thing is he – you know, we, we were talking about executive orders just a little bit ago. Uh, signing an executive order or threatening to sign an executive order, he's de- demanding he, – no, he did. He signed an executive order saying that um, – churches are essential businesses, which again, if they're businesses, then we got to have them pay taxes. For essential
1: services, services. not a
0: business. Oh, so they're essential services. And if the states don't open up, I'm going to override the governors, which he, remember about... Four or five weeks ago, he said that thing he was going to override the governors and then people like Andy Cuomo said, no, you're not. And then the next day, he was like, I decided to let the governors handle this by themselves. And then Andy Cuomo said, oh, thank you for the 10th Amendment of the Constitution letting me do that. And he's doing it again. And it is. It's one of those things. I'm all for the mega churches all getting together. If they were in gated communities where they didn't go to the rest of the public, if you want to you know, pass covert back and forth between you guys – have at it but that's not how it works that's not how uh that really works so uh but yeah so that's another thing that it's like you know the the government's great when it lets me go to church and lets me carry a gun but fuck them for telling me to wear a mask
1: yep i I I wish my liberal bubble was covid proof that's all i want (laughs) that's all i want you know
0: just a little Uh peace and quiet Let's see. What else did I
1: have? Why do you lean off? You're checking.
0: Oh, because I, 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 I don't. Yeah, because I don't. My, I told you I'm out of Oh, hate, yeah, right, so, right, 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 right. And I, and not only my out of ink. I lost my glasses, so I have to, you know. But, I, but Jock, there was time now. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I am. I'm so hoping because he's threatening to do rallies. Please have rallies. Please have lots of rallies. You know, demand that people. Don't wear masks at your rallies. Don't be sissies and come on in there mask free. And I hope there's a lot of hugging going on. You know what I mean? What open mouth kissing going on at those
1: Well, days. we know that Trump will be kissing and hugging that goddamn flag. That poor
0: flag. That poor flag. I mean, if there was somebody in the Me Too movement. The blue dress deserves... has nothing on that flag, I'll tell you. Oh, oh, that is just awful. But yeah, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, my, the only other story in like this weekend awful, I went to like, you know, I was just reading about is the formula, uh, former deputy um, secretary for you know uh, for the White House now a private citizen uh, overnight. It only took him ten days to start a new company and get a three million dollar contract to supply PPEs to uh, Native Americans. It turned out thirty eh, percent of them uh, these ventilator masks. They didn't work. They're like, a, a little too ventilated. You, you know, it's like, oh, did they have a okay. sunroof? Did they have like a straw hole? They, <laughs> but don't worry, they all each mask came with its own smallpox blanket to give them. I mean, it's like, right. it's like how how many times are we gonna screw over? You know, the same group of people, but you know that it, it, everything's awful. Uh,
1: Nothing's new. This, it's been two years. Nine... We've been doing this goddamn podcast for two years, trying to put right what once went wrong. This Quantum Leap Accelerator is not working out the way I hoped it would be working out. What are we doing wrong? Are we not talking about it loud enough? Are we not I reaching? think that's what it is. Maybe, I, we, I, maybe it's because I'm not tweeting enough. That's
0: what it is. Because when you do tweet... I. I... It makes my world better. Moves it the needle. Makes my world better. It moves the needle know? in
1: your pants. I'll tell you that. Hey, hey, what am I saying here?
0: <laughs> but seriously, um, folks. So, you know, we'll skip a self-indulgent thing because uh, I didn't give you a heads up on anything unless you prep something I don't know about. Nah. Then let's get right into sport. And the only thing that of note um, is the NHL is threatening to come back with a 2014 playoff.
1: Yeah, I guess they're going to look into to what building some sort of ice villages or something like these little rink villages is that the is that the deal like in florida is that the is that the the, the, the plan florida seems to be the epicenter of the solution to all of covid's problems you know like if you got a problem with covid 19 breaking down your tearing down your business or stopping you from making money come
0: on down to florida we got all the answers it's interesting i mean and I'm telling you, I'm not overly enthused. It's like I've I've recited in the fact that Marshawn was, you know, on on pace to be the league's MVP, that the Bruins were on pace to right the wrong of last, you know, June twelfth. And you know, I, I was excited about it, you know, but now I'm like, okay, it's been, they haven't played in three months. So there's no momentum going into this thing. You know, I don't know anything about it. And, and really I'm like, guys, it's already, you know, the, the cup is already, you know, it's already done. So what are they going to do? Have a 2014 playoff that goes through August and then start the season in October. And then honestly be burnt out, be literally burnt out by, I mean, Hockey is the most demanding sport. I mean, basketball has 82 games. Hockey has 82 games. Same amount of playoffs. But it is. It's just a more demanding physical sport. And it's its a war of attrition and to go from whatever farce or playoff this 2014 playoff is into the next season. It's a guys, just, we don't need it. Like, just everybody take a break. I, and it kills me because, like I said, like the Bruins have yeah, I mean, you're lucky if you make the playoffs. You make the Stanley Cup once every 20 years, and you win it once every 40 years. You know, and, and the Bruins could have done that. They should have done that. They should have won last year. They didn't. They were having a great season this year. It sucks, but move on. Don't don't even try.
1: Yeah. See, I I also heard that the NBA was looking to do the same thing. So, you when, when you mentioned the NHL, I was like, oh, I didn't know hockey was actually thinking of doing what the NBA is planning on doing was like I said, building villages in Florida and just
0: continue, because they were pretty much wrapped up. You know, the NBA, who got backed by people like me, because when this started to really take momentum, covert back in January and February, and tests were very, very scarce, lo and behold, the NBA somehow found ways to test their players. And it was, oh, the rich getting richer, sure, they're going to get their test. However... When you look back and you think, oh, because they were so aggressive in getting their people tested and they found out how rampant it was and they were the first to say, we got to step down, you know, other places. It's like they should be applauded for being so proactive, however, they got the test, whoever they had to jump the line, because if it turned out you got it or I got it and we got tested, yeah, no big deal. But, oh, shit, these you know, prime time athletes who got it, who weren't taking it serious. It's like, you know, who are playing in front of stadiums of people every single night. It it turns out that it was probably a good thing that they were early, you know, early on getting tested and, and, you know, pulling the break on their season.
1: Yeah. We were all just jelly. That's all it was really, you know, uh, you got anything going on
0: in video game land, Joe?
1: Not a whole lot. No, I've been playing, New York Times crossword puzzle on my Nintendo DS. And I think I've decided to skip my 40s and 50s and just go directly to my 60s. I think I'm there. I think I'm there. I skipped my 20s to get to my 30s. And now I'm skipping my 40s to get to my 60s because I can't wait
0: to die. Joe, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it now. You were born older. What's how's that? (laughs) Uh, and I guess that was our very brief Self-indulgent theater uh, but did, you, did you want a shock?
1: I think you're a swell guy You get all that, Annie? <laughs> it's about time one of you Lunkheads said something
0: <laughs> And uh Thank you, Joe Thank you for, for all that Did you finish today's Sudoku? Is that, is that, is that on the list? Sudoku's for aunts Thank you oh. very much <laughs>
1: I do New York uh, Times friggin' crosswords. Okay, while I'm watching buzzer. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, if it weren't for my wife and children, I'd be in a nursing home
0: right now. <laughs> <laughs> and not and not as an orderly. <laughs> no. I would be uh drinking the K- the COVID Kool-Aid. Mm. <laughs> we uh we here video game wise um if you follow me on the Twitter machine you can see I'm still fighting my one man war against the PSN connectivity situation.
1: Man versus Sony,
0: it, dude. It sucks so bad. It, I, I I get these small windows to play, and I just want to jump on and they play these mini games. And it's over fifty percent of the time. And my little guy's like, "Oh, Papa, if you go up and you do the you know test connection thing, it seems to right in the wrong." For about ten or fifteen minutes, but even even him playing the Fortnite and stuff, Ooh. it's like it's it's truly he's oh uh, no he Apex Apex is his big thing now. Um, they're like yeah he keeps getting logged out and he he's on the headphones with his friends and he's like sorry guys I got logged back in and I hear that at least three or four times an hour you know when is he it gets just to play him when he's playing that's getting logged out or his friends no, also. Just, no, just... Well, because the thing is, his friends some are on Xbox and oh. some are on... And, and even here, it's like, you know, the little guy will be on his Nintendo Switch and having no... They're, they'll be on the same game together. There's no problem with the Nintendo Switch. Did you try and, putting
1: foil around the PS4 to maybe increase
0: its connectivity? It, yeah. I mean, I'll play at like, you know, one in the morning, you know, if I'm up late writing. And... um. And which, by the way, uh, wait, if you're out. writing, how are you playing? You know, but it, honestly, it's like I'm exhausted, I can't write anything else. I'm just gonna veg out and play this for like 10 minutes, and I can look on my app and I can disconnect everything in the house i can shut down every alexa and every you know apple T. anything that's on that's drawing off the, the interweb i can shut off you know the wife's phone you know all these things and have only the yeah it's still i'll play one mini game i'll be halfway through a second mini game and thing is i don't know who i'm playing with on the other line and you know i do that thing where if somebody logs on and they haven't got the SS on this, you know, thing, and I feel like I'm doing the Lord's work, and, have, and I feel like I have to log back on and send this person a message, look, I didn't disconnect with 10 seconds left to go on the game and not get you that, it's, and, I, and I, it's killing me, Joe, so, I mean, and then I, I do, I take these little videos, and I post it, and I keep letting uh, PlayStation Network know they, their connectivity is the best marketing tool that Nintendo and Xbox have in scene.
1: You know what? I don't think Sony checks Twitter. I think that's the problem.
0: Is that what it is? Well, I, and I, hey, I just mentioned it. I want to give you a shout out here, Joe, or, or a thank you. Um, I'm trying to write a script, which I've been forcing Joe to reluctantly be some – have some small part in it. I'd like him to have a huge part in it because he's funnier than I am, but uh, – I sent him the first 10 pages the other day, and turns out I sent him the first 13 pages because by the time you reformatted properly and made all the corrections, uh, kudos. Thank you. Yeah, maybe, you know?
1: maybe next time don't uh, speak your script into your phone. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> is that what
0: is? I think uh,
1: autocorrect is really screwing you up. <laughs> or turn it on. Something's, something's not <laughs> happening on your end, but – yeah, and I haven't. You sent me a scene, uh, the art scene thing. And I haven't looked at that yet, but
0: well, I got time. I got time. my hey, gold?
1: Going? Where am I going? Where are it's we gold. all going? Yeah,
0: okay. Hey, hey, uh, heads up, you know, um, uh, don't 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 be drinking a, a beverage while you go to read it because you get a spit take all over. The, you know, I don't want it. It's that good. It might uh, be the funniest thing you've ever read. Uh, 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 shut up, Jacques. It's not yeah. good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're not uh, cursing out Sony, I'm sure in your downtime, you must be watching the telly. You must be.
0: Um, Joe, I did it. I I did it. It, It's taken me eight years. But last night, management and I, for the first time, watched the finale of The Office.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for catching up with the rest of us. Uh, (laughs) I, I, by the
1: way, have watched the finale like last year.
0: (laughs) Anyways. The boys boys and I – Management and I very often don't watch the last few episodes of shows we love. Like, we've never seen the last couple episodes of Pushing Daisies. We've never seen the last few episodes of Chuck. Because you know what? That show's still going on. In our world, that show is still going on. And, you know, around the time that that season was airing. We just didn't watch that much TV. You know, we had, you know, a a two year old, a five year old, and just life was kind of busy and we love the show. Plus I stopped watching the show because that's around the time my anxiety really started to get bad with shows and I just couldn't, but the oldest guy he's, he's watched the entire series at least two times through and he's been begging for us to watch the last season. So we have been watching the last season I know intermittently but i think i I think i've missed a few episodes of the last season but last night we sat down and we watched the last two episodes and um it's everything i had hoped for It w- it was everything i could have hoped for in a series finale yeah
1: and i think imdb agrees with you because it rates
0: 9.8 out of 10 I mean, um, you know, it, it, and it's such a cliche way to end things. I mean, how many series ends on the birth of a child, or you know, over over wedding, and to have it be Dwight's wedding, which you knew was going to be batshit crazy, and you just knew it was going to be, it was gonna, you know, it was going to be fucked up, and you know, Jim being his best man, which which they didn't call him the best man; it was some Dwight Schrute form of best man. Um uh, but here's Jim just killing it, just absolutely killing it, being the best best man ever. And just before they leave the little, you know, groom's room before they Should we say spoilers? Yeah, we should say spoiler. It's eight years. If if if, if no hey, one's seen it. Hey, if
1: I rambled off the fucking finale last week, you'd be like, hey, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> That's true. Uh but but backing up just a tad bit from it. Uh It was great. Uh, You know, what I really enjoyed is you don't see the documentary, but it turns out, and you never knew. I don't think they had ever said who was shooting the documentary and why. And it turned out that it was a PBS documentary that they were doing, and it was a miniseries. And I can't remember if they said it was nine-episode miniseries on PBS that documented The Office. And so, you know, when when Dwight – Got married. Uh, it was a year later. So they. they so each season was a year. Like each year. Yeah.
1: Or each year of their series was an episode of the the actual documentary series in the series.
0: And they go back, and I, I'm going to get choked up again because literally, I texted you last night. And I think when I was watching it, and I'm like, you know, I, you know, it was like when Attila the Hun saw his mother, Niagara Falls. <laughs> um so you know so the second to last episode there's a big panel and everybody um, no no the last episode ends with the regular people from the office you know like stanley hat retired some people that left the show so all the people who left the show who weren't there anymore weren't there but at the last night they decide they're gonna watch it together at a bar, the first episode, because it's finally gonna air. Yep. And then and then the episode ends. And the last episode takes place a year later. And the, so it aired a year ago. And PBS had put together in Scranton a panel. And they got everybody to come back. And this is this is and it was such a genius way. Hey, how do we get all the people who left the show to come back? You know, to do it. And they were all going to be there on the panel. And that's why they had Dwight's wedding, because everybody was in town. And the panel was great. And it was tough because, you know, all these women, all these middle aged women at the panel going up, professing their love for Jim. And it's like saying like villainizing Pam. It's like, (laughs) you know, if he was my boyfriend or husband, I let him do anything to me anything to me the way he treats you the way he talks about you and all these gestures he bought a house to surprise you and he gave up his dream company because you wanted to stay in scranton and he gave everything up for you <laughs> <laughs> and and just villainizing her and all that stuff but then and you knew and and this is a big spoiler you know you kept waiting for michael scott to show up yeah, he, he wasn't he
1: wasn't on the panel
0: Right. He had to show up. And so flash forward to the end of it, Jim and him, Jim and Dwight are in the little groomsmen room just before, you know, going out to the altar. And that's when Jim's like, oh, I just found out I can't be your, you know, whatever best man is in shrewd talk. And he's like, yeah, because the best man has to be older than the groom. He goes, I've never heard of that. It goes, no, the whatever they call the yeah, usher, sure, you know, has to be, you know, there. And he's like, he goes, but you're not that much younger. He goes, well, it doesn't matter. It's like, dude, and because Jim killed the bachelor party, just absolutely killed the bachelor party. And and Dwight was hesitant and like he thought he was gonna get he kept thinking he was gonna get pranked. And Jim kept doing these greater gestures. He, He gave Dwight the dream bachelor party, you know, he uh, taking him to a field where there's a military person letting him shoot an RPG, you know, everything that he could have possibly ever wanted. And he's like, I just can't do it. I, you know, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, maybe we'll have to find somebody else. Enter Michael Scott. And then he's at the door and he goes.
1: That's what she said. No, what, what, was it, Was this, is that when he said, "That's what she said"? Oh, he's like, he's like, oh, you came just in time. You came just in time. That's what she, <laughs> that's and what he, she and said. And he was choking up as he said it. He goes, "That's what she said." And, and the thing is, no, yeah, oh, I was going to say, and his and his other line was him talking to the camera outside during the reception, talking about how he feels about the marriage. And Michael Scott says, "It's like seeing your your children get married to each other, which is every father's dream, or something <laughs> <yeah>. like
0: that." <laughs> And it's great because you know, and then they, and then they also. So the episode doesn't end because there's a little more footage that they're getting for the DVD, the behind the scene. You know, they're going to release the show on DVD, and they need a little content to go. And they, and that's how they get everybody to do kind of one more like headshot talking head thing. And oh gosh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm choking up even saying this when Dwight is talking about. He's had this dream job and this dream life, and he he really loves these people. And it's like you know, and he he's also still Dwight. It's like, well, they're not coworkers. I run the place; they're subordinates. And he's like, mm. but he's going on, And when he starts talking about Pam, and he's like, she's the best friend I've ever had, and, and it shows. As much as Dwight through the series was a douchebag and sometimes backstabbed Michael and sometimes was a douche to Pam, there were these windows where there was like three or four times, two or three real harsh times where Pam needed a shoulder and it was Dwight or something shitty happened to Dwight and the person there to pick up the pieces was his nemesis, his frenemy. You know what I mean? And it was like – and in these moments and you're like, he has this realization that, you know, uh, you know, it's like it was there all along. You know, your best friend was right
1: there. Right. The friends we make were actually the enemies we made along the way.
0: <laughs> and, and so that's what I've watched that. Literally, I don't think I've watched anything else in the last week except a couple episodes of Community, um, Friends, and just this wormhole of uh, Fred Willard. Mm-hmm.
1: I on um, I on the other hand have uh, yeah I've I've not rewatched the last uh, episode of The Office despite me having a proclivity to just watch whatever you tell me to watch or whatever you're watching if it's not Batman v Superman related. <laughs> um, but I did watch the new Patton Oswalt Netflix special. I love everything. Uh, I don't think you've seen it yet, but it's uh it's good. It's good and it's got it's got it, it, there. Is Fred a... Willard in it? No, no, unfortunately, <laughs> right. <laughs> It does have some parallels with your life, so I think you should watch it. You know, there's some Star Wars talk. There's, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's you know, he's 50, he's your age, you know, and he talks about that. It's, uh, he talks about having a fight with his wife, and the funniest resolution to that fight is played out in, in his uh, routine, and it's, it's good. It's a good watch. It's fucking Patton Oswald. How could it not be good? You learn a few new words. Because he's also a smart guy. Like, he'll break out. Crazy smart. Yeah, breaks out these words. It's like, okay, you know how, like, when I say something like motorcycle and you're like, oh, great, now I have another word I have to look (laughs) up. That's how I felt watching Patton uh,
0: Oswalt. No, he's one of my favorite. He's, he's, He's top five over the last 20 years of comics, and he's probably top 10 of all time. He's very smart. I mean, I like smart comedy. I like, look, I like pies in the face. I like dick jokes. I also like real cerebral stuff.
1: I like big butts, but I can never lie.
0: <laughs> do you? Have, you're, such a, you're awesome. Do you? Do you have a parenting tip? Ignore your children. Oh, I should take your tips. Like literally, I should be. I, I should. I should heed your warnings. Um, I don't ignore my children. Um, I should. Um, Joe. I don't know if it's ever come up. I hate yard work. I hate everything about yard work. I hate the thought of yard work. I hate my fucking neighbor who is a really nice guy who has a gorgeous yard and has politely told me so many times, it's like, oh, don't go and buy that. I have it in the shed. Just go and get whatever shit thing you need. You need a rake. You need this chainsaw on a stick thing to trim these like you know, the the pine trees that overhang the pool you need he it's his way of saying, hey, clamp it, clean it up a little bit. I mean, but if his yard wasn't so nice, our yard wouldn't look so awful. So, you know, so we we decided, you know, we you know, we're not gonna have my brother in law come out this year because he is just too busy doing you know, he does a yard cleanup for us once a year. He brings his whole crew. Um I hate yard work. My kids hate yard work. So my parenting tip is share your misery. It's your yard. It's their yard. You hate it. They hate it. Hate it together, but get the fuck out there and rake some leaves because it's easier to rake the leaves now than skim them out of the pool later. Mm -hmm. So shut the fuck up and hate it together, but just get it done. It's kind of like the Republicans. Republicans
1: are like, you know what? We hate these snowflakes. Uh, We need to rake them up and deport them. I don't care if they were even born here. Just get them out of the country. That's uh, that's your attitude, and that's the attitude we should take toward uh, everything we hate. Yeah, just hate together, um, and uh, well, the world will be a
0: cleaner place. What? So, thank you, Joe, for for indulging me on this 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 journey, and congratulations on two years of putting up doing podcasts. In two years, I think we've missed four weeks, like five weeks. How many episodes? How many? Do you know what episode this is? I think it's one.
1: Fifty something or other. One, yeah. six, I don't know. Yeah, one. But that's I including
0: sideshows. But oh, either way, I, 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 I think in two years we've only missed like four or five weeks with all the travel and all the pandemics and all the you know scheduling changes and having awful kids and, and management. Uh, congratulations to you on two two fun filled years of putting up with my shit and meanderings.
1: And to you as well. We're actually at one on. Episode one forty two,
0: yeah. So we're right there, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to the podcast on Thursday. I'm I'm saying it now, just you know, half to be funny and half well, it might be true. I'm looking forward to part one of the Fred Willard <laughs> Sides, the Fred Willard sideshow this Thursday. I um, I'm done. Me three,
1: that the math doesn't add up with one forty two. We would have had to have done seventy-one uh, weeks a year for two
0: years. I don't know. Uh, f- f- fifty-two weeks a year.
1: I know it's fifty-two weeks a year times two. That's one hundred and four. That's one hundred and four episodes. How are we at one forty-two? Is this our third anniversary?
0: S- s- Sideshows. No, I'm it, counting just numbers. Dude, it might be the third anniversary. Wait, wait, is it th- so? <laughs> right, because the first year, I don't think I went to Phoenix. I went to Phoenix last year was the, yes, one, the year it, I went to... Dude, it's, the it's our third, third anniversary. Holy
1: shit, are you stupid? The, no, and no, I'm no. I, I, I got you. That was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I had you thinking it was the second Holy year anniversary, shit. all episode long. Ah, I gotcha. That's Joe at it again. All right. Well, happy third anniversary. Whatever the hell. I give up. And, uh, yeah, tune in for our Fred Willard retrospective. It's going to be thorough. It's going to be thorough, and it's going to be great. And you better listen, or I will fight you. And don't forget.